Hey, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of The Extraordinary Talk Show with your host, Ella Hill. Guys, I kind of want to just pick right up from where we were last week and carry forward. Last week, we talked about how every single person in your life was sent to you because every single person in your life is essentially a soulmate. They are there to teach you a lesson. They are there to help you grow. And part of your journey in life is using the people around you to help yourself grow and also to help them grow. In this episode, guys, I'm going to share with you two of my own personal theories on relationships for life. And I'm kind of excited because these are things that, uh, that I've put a lot of thought into. So I hope they help you guys. Also, I have a new mantra that I think is changing everything. And I'm going to share that with you at the end of the show. So to start with, a long time ago, I've told you guys about when I was a foster mom, that I had 53 foster kids by the time I was 30. It was a wonderful experience. And one thing I learned, so, so many things doing that. But one thing I learned was the difference between positive attention and negative attention. We would often have our kids come to us because they wanted attention but they didn't know how to seek attention in a positive manner. And so we would actually have goals working with them of how to seek attention in a positive manner rather than a negative manner. What does that mean? A negative attention-seeking manner only serves the person who is seeking attention positively. That person's getting attention, hooray, and they might even be getting attention by getting in trouble because if mom's not paying attention to them, they can break a dish, and all of a sudden they have mom's attention, even if it's not positive attention. But that is a way to attention-seek negatively. What we would rather do, and this is what I taught my foster kids, if you want my attention, that's great, but you got to give me something out of it. You're get, you want my attention, cool, I'm going to give you my attention. But what am I getting? How am I benefiting from this conversation? And that made a tremendous difference in how my kids looked at a conversation because it never occurred to them before that it wasn't all about them, that they needed to offer something of positive benefit to the other person. Now, this applies in every relationship in your life, whether it's the cashier at the convenience store or your coworker or your spouse or your child Every single person in your life, you have the opportunity to provide a benefit for them and they have an opportunity to provide a benefit for you. There is not a single person in your life that cannot offer you a benefit if you accept it. That's important. You have to accept what they have to offer because some people only have negativity to offer and you do have a choice of which of those gifts you accept and which you let in and which you allow to make a difference and an impact for you. And that brings me to my first theory on relationships, which is called the little hinge, big door theory, meaning little hinges swing big doors. What does that mean? We usually have about three hinges on a door and the hinge is a four, maybe five inches long, but the door compared to the hinge is huge. But because these hinges are made well and secure and secured into the wall, that door can swing on them perfectly. 
right? And the point is, it seems like a little bit of effort and energy for these little hinges, and yet the work that they perform is quite tremendous when you see the door opening from these little hinges. How that applies to relationships is you can be the hinge that offers up a small amount of your own energy, doing something that is easy for you. And yet it provides a benefit of a door for another person that for them, it's a big reward. It's a big deal. For example, if Oprah Winfrey were to send you a check, would that be a big deal for her? Of course not. It'd be a small deal for her. That's a tiny hinge for Oprah Winfrey. However, what is Oprah getting back from you? What are you offering in return? And the best way to figure out what to offer is to figure out what little hinge thing you can do. What are you good at? What are your talents? What do you really enjoy doing that can benefit that other person in a larger way? So the point is you extend a small amount of energy and it gives them a large amount of reward. And in the same way, the same thing comes back. They extend a small amount of energy, ideally, that ideally rewards in a large amount of reward and energy for you. It goes both ways, see? And a relationship is best when both parts of their relationships, and relationships can be more than two people, but let's stick with this just for the explanation. Because it's always between you and one other person, even if it's a family of 15. So that relationship will be best between you and that other person if you are giving, actually giving less than you're receiving. And yet the other person is also giving less than they are receiving. And that, my friends, is a very mutually beneficial relationship. Now, when you're looking for what little hinges you have to offer that might turn into a big door for someone else, there's a couple things that you might want to look at. And this is what I call back scratch theory. This is my other theory on how to help your relationships. Step one of back scratch theory is while you do not want someone to become dependent on you, that's important, you want to be able to provide or offer something for them that is not necessarily easy for them to do for themselves or is at least easier for you to do for them than it is for them, for them to do for themselves. And possibly it might even be something that they cannot do for themselves. For example, scratch the middle of their back. And some of us can if we have flexible enough arms and shoulders, but many of us cannot reach the middle of our back without a tool, without something. And that's when someone else can do something for them that they cannot do for themselves. Now, what's important here is if that itch doesn't get scratched, that person's going to be okay. You do not need to let them become dependent on you scratching their back every single day. Because when that happens, that little hinge of you scratching their back becomes a big door of your time being taken. And that is when the energy flips the opposite direction and you are putting out more energy than you're receiving, and that's when a relationship is not beneficial. Does that make sense? Back scratch theory again. Find something that, th that you can do easily that is perhaps difficult or something that they cannot do for themselves. 
That's step one. Step two is follow their lead. You notice when you scratch someone's back, they might tell you up and to the right, but sometimes you get your left and right and up and down and whatever confused when you're trying to communicate which direction to go. And so what people tend to do, if they want their back scratched up and to the right, is they will shift their back, if your hand is on their back, and they want it to go up and to the right, they will shift their back down and to the left, hoping that that will move their back underneath your hand so the part of their back that they want scratched moves underneath your hand. But what usually happens is the person who's scratching for some reason thinks that they should keep scratching the same spot that they were scratching even though the person moves. you got to recognize when that person shifts, they don't want your hand to shift with them. They want to shift underneath your hand so that you can scratch where it matters the most to them. This is a really critical piece of back scratch theory, which is part of little hinge big door theory. If what you are doing for them doesn't benefit them, you can swing your hinges all you want, but it's not helpful. And then it ends up being a waste of your energy. Then you end up putting out far more energy and they're only accepting a very small part of it. And then you begin to become resentful. I think we can all think of a relationship we've been in where we gave more than we were getting and over time became resentful. Now, that doesn't mean that their relationship is bad. That doesn't mean that those two people are bad. It doesn't mean that they can't get along. But it means that they need to find the areas where they can scratch each other's backs the most beneficially. That they, you clearly love each other. You would not be putting out the amount of energy for that person if you did not care about them, right? And that's why it's so frustrating that all the energy that you're putting out doesn't get anywhere. We've all been there. And that's where the resentment comes from. And imagine if they're putting out energy because they think that they're doing something that you want, but it's not actually something that you want. Then they can become resentful too. For example, let's say you really need a new part for your car and it costs $100. And that's something that is a priority for you. And somebody comes over and brings you a gift, maybe a set of new earbuds or headphones that cost $100. And they're so excited to give you this because maybe they, they got it easily. It was a little hinge for them and they thought it would be a big door for you if they give that to you. However you would much, much rather have that $100 spent on the part for your car. We love, and this is something that I have to retrain myself, and I'm still retraining myself because I love to give surprises. If I'm going to give a gift, I like it to be a surprise. I want to see the look on their face when I give it to them. But I have made the mistake many times of giving a gift that was not what the person wanted. And then all of my energy reaps no reward. And then I become frustrated, they become frustrated too. And we've all been on the other side of that, haven't we? Where somebody does something for us that they think is going to be phenomenal and it feels to us like a waste of time and effort and energy. And then they're mad that you don't appreciate it and you're mad that they didn't know better. 
this is where back scratch theory matters. When they shift their back underneath your hand, don't move your hand. Scratch where they want to be scratched. Pay attention to the cues, the physical cues, the verbal cues, the emotional cues, and the spiritual cues. Pay attention to your intuition, too. And do what it takes to make sure that the gifts you're giving are the gifts that they want to receive. For example, most of us have heard about the book, The Five Love Languages. This book presents the idea that there's summarized, you can summarize the way that we give love to each other into about five different ways. These ways are acts of service, quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Now, each of us gives these love, gives love in certain ways more than others. And each of us prefers to receive love from others in certain ways. By the way, the five love languages, how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate is by Gary Chapman. Let me just give him props for that. And this book has changed a lot of marriages <laughs> and a lot of relationships. So again, our Languages are acts of service, quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, and physical touch. Now, let's say that you're a person who loves gifts. If you find a person whose love language is to give gifts, you want to hang out with that person. Because their love language, which is the way they give love, which for them is a small hinge. To you, when you receive it actively that becomes a big door. So maybe they love to give gifts and you just love to get little gifts all the time and that's wonderful. But remember, you have to give something back to them. And it's a good idea to figure out what their primary love language is. I can tell you one of my primary love languages is words of affirmation. I'm a Leo and I like to hear positive things about myself. That's one great way. In fact, how easy it is it to say words? Truthfully, some words are pretty hard to say. But it can be so easy to give a compliment. It can be so easy to add a small praise. Hey, good job. Way to go. I saw how you did that. That was cool. Those little bitty things are, are a tiny hinge. So easy to say, but could have a tremendous impact. A very, very big door for somebody else. And you can do that for anyone. Some people want, they don't want gifts. They want your time. They want you to spend quality time with them. And for them, that might be sitting next to them on the couch. For them, it might be picking weeds in the garden together. It might be going on a road trip. Whatever it is, it's the two of you focusing your time and attention on each other. Another one is acts of service. Gifts of service rather than things. I love when I come home and my house is clean. I live with my adult younger son and his friend. And once in a while, I'll come home from work and find my kitchen clean and my living room vacuumed. And it makes me so happy. 
And perhaps that's not a small hinge. Perhaps that's a big deal for my kids to do that for me because I know they don't really love to do it. But when they do it, it makes a big, big deal for me. So consider, think of a relationship where you feel like you're probably giving an imbalanced amount of energy, that both of you probably are giving more energy than you're receiving. Look at the things that you're doing for them. How are you scratching their back? Are you scratching their back in a way that is beneficial for them? Are you getting the spot? Or did they move and you moved with them because you think that you know better than they do where their back itches? Pay attention. Figure out what their love languages are. That's the easiest way to do that. Figure out what their love languages are and do that for them. If their love language is gifts, that doesn't mean that you have to go out and spend a ton of money. An origami swan can be a gift, and that only takes a few minutes of your time in a YouTube video to figure out how to do it. Get creative. If you care about that person, find ways that their love language, that you can give them that. And perhaps clarify to them what your love languages are and what you would like to receive in return from them. If they can learn to understand that, then they can also have the benefit of putting out a little bit of energy that gives you a big reward and makes you very grateful and very happy. And you can turn that negative energy relationship where you're both putting in more effort than you're getting out of it. You're both getting angry. You're both getting frustrated and resentful. And you can turn that around and change it back to appreciation where you can appreciate what that person is doing for them. Even if it wasn't a big deal for them, it was a big deal for you. And you can sure be grateful for them and for how much they care about you that they did that. And when that happens, make sure you tell them. Because most of us have a primary love language and a secondary love language. Those are the ones that we like the most. But all of those are love languages. And find one, find whatever way it takes for you to do a small thing for that person in your life that can reap a large reward for them. And communicate so that they know where your back itches. If no one else can advocate for you, let me say this really clearly, it is nobody else's job to advocate for you. The very first year that I was a mother, on Mother's Day, I expected a corsage to wear to church. However, I did not communicate that to my husband. And my husband was unaware that that was something that I wanted. And when Mother's Day came, and I did not, and I had my baby to take to church, but no corsage to wear, I was devastated. I cried. Maybe there was some postmortem depression in there too. I don't know. But my husband came to me and apologized. He said, Della, I am so sorry. I wish I had known. If I had known you wanted a corsage, I would have gotten you a corsage. I didn't know. And that was a really, really great learning opportunity for me. Because I realized he doesn't know. He can't read my mind. It is not his job to figure out what Della wants. It's Della's job to tell people what Della wants. It is no one else's job to advocate for me. 
It is my job to advocate for me. It is no one else's job to advocate for you. And if you have situations where you are not getting what you want in the situation, you can be frustrated and you can blame the people around you. But ultimately, it's not their job to advocate for you. It's your job to advocate for you. And hopefully they care about you enough that they'll come to you and ask you exactly where your back itches. But if they don't do that, you need to advocate for you. Also, the better you get at advocating for yourself, the better people will get at coming to you and asking you specifically what it is that you want and need from them. When I learned that, that changed something very powerful in my mind. I had had a lot of anger at other people for not giving me what I thought I should get. Just like these relationships that we're talking about, where I felt like I was giving out a lot more energy than I was getting. Because I had that anger, it stuck with me for a while. It took me some processing to realize that in every single one of those scenarios where I wasn't getting what I thought I deserved in that scenario, I wasn't telling anyone what I thought I deserved in that scenario. So remember, step two of back scratch theory is to follow their lead and see exactly what it is, what they want. But part of step three of back scratch theory is to communicate where you want your back scratch to. You can't expect them to communicate with you if you aren't communicating with them. You need to advocate for yourself. No one else is going to do it because it's not anybody else's job. Don't blame them for it. Just realize it's not their job. It's yours. And if the way to get over that is to forgive yourself. And the way to forgive yourself is to start advocating for yourself. Because as soon as you become a person who advocates for themselves, which you can become that quickly, all of a sudden, things change for you. And all of a sudden, you can release the anger that you had at others. And let me, let me tell you something. Letting go of anger is amazing. It's one of the best feelings ever. It's such a relief. It's like waking up freshly rested. It's like seeing a new morning. When you can acknowledge where you weren't getting what you wanted because you didn't ask for what you wanted, you can forgive yourself for that by becoming someone who does advocate for what they want. And then you can forgive those you were angry at for not advocating for you because it was never their job anyway. And believe me when I tell you, your heart will rise when you do that. I want to talk about another love language, which is physical touch. Guys, I, I think physical touch is probably my secondary. And physical touch can be anything. Just like these relationships can be everything from the cashier at the grocery store to your spiritual partner for life. Physical touch matters. And that doesn't mean that you should, you should always be appropriate, guys. Clear, clearly. Let's start with the appropriate ways to touch a person. Touch their hand, touch their arm, their shoulder, their back above the waist. You could touch their knees or their feet if you want to, but that might be weird unless they're sitting. But with anyone, you can touch. 
if you're walking past someone at the grocery store and you would like them to move over a little bit to make room for you, touch their back, the side of their back. Two fingers is all it takes. They will notice you are there and they will step aside. That's all it takes. I love touch in passing. You can do it with friends. You can do it with coworkers. All it takes is when you walk past them, touch their arm, touch their shoulder, walk behind them, touch their back. It's all it takes. It's a teeny tiny touch. It only takes a second. If anybody's uncomfortable with touch, it's okay because it's over quick. But it lets them know that you acknowledge them, and that is a big deal. Okay, guys, time's running out. We only have a few seconds. As always, I want to tell you, I'm not trying to tell you what to think, but I am trying to get you to think for yourself. And if what I can tell you about relationships helps, I really, really hope it does. Here's my new mantra. This, is, this came to me this week. Because I recognize everything is connected. Every single thing is connected. Every person is connected to each other. And everything is connected, which means I am grateful for the perfection of everything. Everything is perfect exactly as it is. And I am grateful for that. I love you guys. Have a fantastic week. And I'll hear, you'll hear from me next Monday.